Good morning. Hi. How are you? Look at everybody. Hello. I am so, hello. I am so glad to be here this morning. Um, it's a really big day. It's a pretty big day. What's going on? It's nacho day. It's nacho day. Okay, because the thing is, on days like today, there's kind of two camps, right? There's team sports, and then there's team snacks. Okay? Right. And because my team is not playing, boo. Um, hopefully it will be better next year. We say that every year. Um, I'm fully on team snacks. So I'm very distracted by the nacho bar. Okay, very distracted. Okay, but I have been told that we had to refill. The last service ate so many nachos and so much cheese sauce that we had to refill. So it's going to take a little while for the cheese to get all warm and bubbly and yummy. So I thought while we were waiting, perhaps we could continue to talk about the ways of Jesus. Specifically today, we're going to be talking about the way of empowerment, okay? This is one of my most favorite things to talk about. I absolutely love this. Okay, now, Pastor Luke said that we are going to be spending this as a year-long journey. But here's the thing. I feel like you guys are very advanced. I'm not sure we need to take a year. What if we could sum all of the ways of Jesus in one sentence? Then we could just eat nachos for the rest of the year right? Okay, here we go. I think we can do it, okay? Listen to this. So it's that particular sentence, summing everything up, is found in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. We know this as the Lord's Prayer. So even if you come from a different faith tradition, many of us are very familiar with how Jesus taught us to pray. And it goes like this. It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, or holy be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There you go. There's the sentence. On earth as it is in heaven. Right? That is the way of Jesus. And you and I have experienced some of these, we'll call them like heaven to earth moments. Right? If we see, we look out maybe from our home and we see a beautiful sunset or a beautiful sunrise, right? This is from my porch. I mean, heaven on earth, right? Isn't that amazing? Perhaps it's that spark. It's that kind of like moment of aha, right? That creativity. Maybe you have something inside your heart that you want to express or get out. And, and perhaps you're an artist or a maker. Or maybe you're just you know, a DIY person. You're trying to figure out how to have like a plumbing not have a problem, right? And it's like, oh, I got it, right? And what's in here? That idea in here, that idea in here just kind of gets out, right? That's kind of a heaven to earth moment. Right? Maybe it's just sort of sitting with someone that you love and um, just dreaming about the future. Dreaming about a future together. That could be like one of those heaven to earth moments. Well, for me, a heaven on earth moment is definitely this. So for those of you who don't know me, these are my boys. And they were all adopted from different places on the planet. They all wear the same last name and... They are all choosing to sit on the tiniest little couch in my house, even though there's a thousand other places to sit in the same room, right? Just because they want to be next to each other. I mean, if that isn't a heaven on earth moment, ah, I don't know what is, right? Okay, but you know how my brain works. Those of you who know me, you know I'm going to ask a question. We pray on earth as it is in heaven. How do we know when that prayer is getting answered? Have we ever been to heaven? Has anyone here ever been to heaven? 
right? If you have, I literally will buy you a cup of coffee because I would like to know what is going on up there. I really do, okay, on earth as it is in heaven. So if we don't necessarily know what heaven is like, then perhaps some of those maybe heaven to earth moments might look a little different than beauty and happiness. What if it looks like wisdom and discernment? What if it looks like not going out on that second date? What if it looks like not buying that house or taking that job, even though it looks really, really good on paper? What if the heaven to earth moment is just a little bit of like a, a prompting that you need to check your kid's computer and see what's going on? For me, one of those more difficult heaven to earth moments looks like this. Now on the surface, it's a really funny picture, isn't it? But if you look closely, you'll see that there are four boys sitting in that chair. And if you recall, there's only three boys that are sitting on my couch. And perhaps one of those heaven to earth moments looks like peace in the middle of pain because this boy didn't make it. This boy didn't work out. And we don't know why. We don't know why we went through that. We tried really, really hard. And my husband and I probably will bear that scar for the rest of our lives. But somehow, we still have that, I don't know, overarching peace that it's going to be okay. And I sort of feel like this is the way of adoption, the way that God has for us as well. Because you see, even though we have never been to heaven, we have access to one who has. There is one who is the link between heaven and earth. The one who illuminates relationships and highlights people and discerns situations and can tell you in your heart, yes, this is a heaven moment. Drink it in. The Holy Spirit is the connection between heaven and earth for you and me. You see, we can't talk about the ways of Jesus, how Jesus lived and loved and carried out God's mission without talking about how he was empowered by the Holy Spirit to do so. He was empowered by heaven for the mission of God on earth, and you and I can be too. But sometimes the Holy Spirit can be, I guess, mysterious and a little bit misunderstood. And that is why Pastor Luke and Leslie asked me to come here today because I hope, my prayer is, that at the end of our time together, that you will know the Holy Spirit the way that I believe that he wants to be known. And that is as a friend, in the truest sense of the word. So are we ready? Yes? Okay, let's learn about the Holy Spirit. Pull out your app, pull out your notes, because I think you're going to want to take some. Okay, here we are. Okay, who is the Holy Spirit? Well, as people who follow Jesus, as Christians, we express everything that is good and right and just and beautiful as a holy community. Okay, so it is three distinct persons and one God. So we have God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and then God the Holy Spirit. But here's the thing. God the Holy Spirit is not an it, 
okay? It's not an it. It's not a force, right? Like, I am with the force and the force is with me. I am with the force and the force is with me. Okay, that is not who the Holy Spirit is. Okay, that's my favorite movie, by the way, Rogue One. That's my favorite one. Yes, thank you. All right. Wave the Holy Spirit, Hanky. Okay, the Holy Spirit is not a power that we harness for good or for evil. Okay, that's why it's not like the force, right? He is personal. He has personal characteristics. The Holy Spirit counsels us. The Holy Spirit comforts us, convicts us, illuminates things for us, guides us, empowers us. So the way that we are able to live and to love like Jesus is to be empowered to do so by the Holy Spirit. All right, in John 14, Jesus says, greater things will you do, greater things than even he did, blowing my mind, right, blows my mind, because I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is God's very presence in us. The Holy Spirit is God's presence in us. See, the ancient word for breath and spirit are one and the same. Okay, I'm going to read Genesis 2-7 from the ESV. It's a little bit of a clunky translation, but you're going to get to the point of what we need to say here. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living creature. Okay, so man was formed physically, but not called living without God's spirit. Once God blew his breath... Man became the holder of that spirit, okay? So he was now spiritually alive, and he was called a living creature. All right, so the original state for man and woman, right, the original intention is that the breath of God, being the holder of the breath of God, making them fully alive and not just created, So the way God defines being alive is both physically and spiritually, not just mere creation, okay? Now, fast forward to John 20, verses 21 and 22. This is now Jesus on earth, and he's talking with his friends. And he says this, peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, so if you are curious... When did disciples get saved? When did they become Christians, right? Is anybody curious questions? Okay, that's it right there, okay? That's when they, quote, quote, became Christians. That's a joke, by the way, but okay. Anyway, I'll do better, I'll do better jokes later. Okay, so that act that he was doing, that he breathed on them, that act of the breath was mirroring that moment in Eden. Okay, so they received the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus, The same spirit that empowered and enabled all of his words and his works and his ways. Okay? Now back to John 14, right? So the way it was in the beginning, Jesus mirrors that with his disciples, and now we now can be the recipients of this. The way that you and I are able to live and love like Jesus is to be empowered to do so by the Holy Spirit. Okay, but you know that I am a practical girl. So let's talk about this on a very practical way. How? How can you and I be empowered by the Holy Spirit? Well, there are three different ways. The first one is that we are given the Holy Spirit just as a gift, okay? Acts 2.38, and this is Peter. 
And I find this fascinating because just a little while ago, he was denying Jesus and running away and all kinds of drama. And then he has this unbelievably miraculous experience with the Holy Spirit. And so now he is able to say, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And that's what Pastor Luke talked about last week, that idea of the baptism. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is that deposit that reassures us that our debt is paid. Now, this is that that heaven and earth connection that I'm talking about, right? He is the seal. He is that stamp, okay? So if you have said yes to Jesus, your death debt has been paid. That bill has been paid. There is a receipt. The Holy Spirit is the stamp that says paid, okay? The Holy Spirit is the seal that says that you are both created and alive, okay? That is the gift. Duh, amen. Okay, now we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit, but we are also empowered by being filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, Acts 1.8, it says this. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, first here in Jerusalem, then beyond to Judea and Samaria, and finally to the farthest places on earth. So when Jesus breathed on his disciples, they received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So meaning that the Holy Spirit now lived in them, okay? But later, they receive a filling of the Holy Spirit, okay? So it's kind of like a holy top-off, like, boop, let me just add a little extra, okay? Good stuff, right? In order to be empowered to do what Jesus was asking them to do, okay? Now, I want you to think of being filled with the Holy Spirit like a cup, Okay, like everybody has a cup on the inside of them. And I would think of mine as like a beautiful yellow Italian ceramic latte bowl, like one that doesn't have handles, you know, that you can just be like glug, right? I mean, maybe yours is a beautiful crystal champagne flute or a hearty beer stein. I don't know, whatever yours looks like, okay? But just imagine that in your mind, that you have a vessel on the inside of you, and that is where the Holy Spirit That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. You are indwelled with the Holy Spirit, okay? But at certain points in your life, in your Jesus walk, you are going to need a new revelation. You're going to need fresh energy. You're going to need new information, new understanding, new wisdom, new discernment. You're going to need healing. You're going to need all of this stuff. But if your cup is full, how can you be filled? You have to pour out, okay? We have to pour out. And that is what living that generous Jesus life looks like. It's taking every good thing that is poured into us, that's gifted into us, everything that we have and everything that we are, and we pour that out in generosity in order to get a fresh fill. Okay? Now, think of that same coffee cup. And let's say we put something wonderful in it, like a cappuccino. Okay, and let's say we just, you know, set it on that table right there. And let's say we left it there overnight. Would we come back and look at that that's been left there overnight and be like, ooh, yummy, delicious, let's drink it. No, that's gross. It would be cold and stale and yucky, (laughs) right? We're not going to drink that. Well, in the same way, if you feel like your relationship with God is a little cold and stale, and you're looking around you at everything that's going on around you, and you're saying, ah, this is pretty yucky. That is your signal 
that it is time for a fresh fill. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And in order to do that, you have to pour out. And that looks like just being open for business, right? Your heart open, your mind alert. You wake up in the morning and you say, God, you know, I have a plan for my day. I know what I've planned. But I give you permission to change my mind. I give you permission to change my day. I will be interruptible. I will, with everything that I have, I will pour out, okay? All right, so we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, 16 through 18, it says this. It says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days, these yucky days. <laughs> Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, I just love the practicality of the Bible, okay? Now, take that idea of wine specifically out of it because what Paul, this is Paul talking, and he's making the point that we need to be more intentional about who or what we allow to influence us. He's asking, do you want to be under the influence? Who are we under the influence of? Do you want to be under the influence of something that's going to hold you down, hold you back? Or do you want to be under the influence of a life-saving guide who is going to energize you, empower you, and remind you of things? Going back to John 14, okay, verse 26, it says this, but the helper... And that's translated so badly. Okay, so I brought the Amplified so we can get a better version of what that word actually means in Greek and Hebrew. The comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, this is Jesus talking, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. And he will help you remember everything that I've told you. So you see, we don't have to worry about whether or not we've had the educational opportunities that we need. We don't have to worry about whether we're going to remember something if, if we're very focused or we're in the middle of sort of tragedy or grief. We don't have to worry whether we're going to remember. Because you see, the Holy Spirit is a friend. Now, there's a very interesting point. And it's kind of like a parenthesis, but it was too cool not to talk about, okay? So I'm just, we're going to put a little parenthesis over here. So that word, helper, right, is also used to describe woman in Genesis chapter 2. So that same word that is used to describe the essence of the Holy Spirit is also used to describe the essence of a woman. Okay, so in... Eden, the original state, at the birth of mankind, the first problem occurred. And the problem was that man was alone. And so this first solution was brought, and that solution was Eve. Okay, now at the birth of the church, the first problem occurred. Do you remember what that was? That Jesus was going back to the Father. And so at the birth of the church, the first solution was offered, and that was the Holy Spirit. Ah, isn't that cool? I love it. Okay, just had to get super excited about that. I love the word of God. Okay, I love it, I love it, I love it. Okay, now, so we are empowered by the Holy Spirit by being given it as a gift, right? We are also filled with the Holy Spirit. We are also empowered by the Holy Spirit because we are led by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will empower you by telling you this is the way. Okay, long before the Mandalorian 
students. Um, lots of Star Wars references today. The Holy Spirit was saying, this is the way. Okay? He will use people and circumstances to direct your path. And he will guide you with sort of a prompting or a sensing, kind of like runway lights guide a plane in for landing. Okay? Now, there's a, a, a passage of scripture that illustrates this sort of, this guidance. And this is how the Holy Spirit guided Paul and his companions, uh, Silas and Timothy. And it's later on in Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 6, and it says this. It says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. But when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia. Now, here's a little lesson. If you ever don't know how to pronounce something, just say it with gusto, and people will believe you. Okay, they will. All right, there we go. Uh, the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So that's interchangeable. The Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. That's interchangeable right there. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Well, after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Okay, so that was an example of those runway lights, that guidance. Because you see, God had a very specific assignment for Paul at that point in his life. And he does have a very specific assignment for you and for me as well. But if you are like me, you want to make sure that you get that right. <laughs> right? You really, really, really want to know exactly what it is that God wants you to do. But I want to share something very personal that I have been learning. <laughs> and that is that we can waste a lot of time trying to figure out what it is that we're supposed to be doing as opposed to being focused on learning how to hear the Holy Spirit. Duh. Yeah, that's what I've been learning. Okay, because it's really about fruit. It's not just about activity. It's about taking meaningful action significant action rather than just being busy. Because Isaiah 30, 21 says this. It says, whether you turn to the right or left, it doesn't matter which way you go, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Because that's that friendship of the Holy Spirit. Whether you go here or go there, it doesn't matter. He will be behind you telling you which way to go. He is the connector of heaven and earth, and you have that ability to hear him. You've been given that. Now, I want to give you an example I used to walk my dog in a park on Tuesdays. And at the time that I walked, the park was completely deserted except for one man. And he always wore khaki pants and the same blue sweater every Tuesday. But he also had a music stand and an ancient Japanese flute. And it had a little tassel on the end of it. And he would play that music just out to the park, to the trees, and it was so beautiful and melancholy. And it was like a scrolling, looping vine, just going through the leaves and going over the rocks and going through the grass. And I used to take extra time walking around that park just to hear that flute. Now, right next to that park was the Miramar Air Base. And you and I both know that there are some very powerful jets that take off from Miramar. And when they went over the park, you couldn't hear anything. It was like thunder in your chest, right? 
And it was very distracting, and I got very upset for a while. But after I had been going there for several weeks, maybe even a few months, it didn't matter whether the jets were overhead. It didn't matter if I couldn't actually hear it. I knew the notes in my heart. I knew that the music was being played. And that is exactly how we can learn how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's just about purposefully setting aside a little bit of time, a few quiet moments every day to listen, to begin to recognize that deeper knowing that really is beyond your education or your experience, or that joy, that peace, that emotion that really belies the circumstances that you're walking through right now. But knowing and hearing the Holy Spirit is also about keeping yourself from dismissing things as coincidence or second-guessing your very strong impressions or going along with the crowd just because you feel like a lot of people feel a certain way about something and not listening to yourself and saying, you know, I haven't really decided that yet. But it's also about acknowledging those breakthrough moments right, those sparks of creativity or what I call that Holy Spirit third option, right, the thing that, the solution that you never could have come up with yourself, right? Yeah. That ability to get through a task or a test and to succeed, that time when you're prompted to act, to live and to love like Jesus and it just works out really well, really cool, right? Acknowledging that those are Holy Spirit moments. And so right now, what I would like to do is I would like to allow you to experience one of those Holy Spirit moments. And we're not going to do anything weird or make you feel uncomfortable. But I would like for the worship team to just kind of come back up. We're going to do one more song and really enter into a time of worship. Because I want you to experience the power of the Holy Spirit for yourself. So what I would love for you to do, you guys have been sitting down for a little while. If you don't mind, just go ahead and standing up. Shake out the chill a little bit. If you need to stay seated, please feel free to stay seated. But if you don't mind bowing your head and closing your eyes, just sort of in a posture of receipt, receiving. And I just want to ask a few questions. The first question that I want to ask is that if you are here today and you would like to start with Jesus and you would like to be given the gift of the Holy Spirit, that seal on your life, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you are not just created, but that you're alive. And if that's you today, will you make eye contact with me so that I can agree with you? I see you, yes, I see you. I see you, thank you. I see you in the back there, thank you. Anyone else, yes, I see you. Out on the patio, I see you, I see you. Thank you. And the reason that I'm asking you to make eye contact with me is because we want to do things the way that Jesus did. And in Matthew 18, 19, it says, where two or more agree on any one thing, it will be done by my Father in heaven. 
So when we look at one another and we agree, it's done. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, perhaps you're here today and you're, you're saying, you know what? I would like to have a little bit of a top off. I'd like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'd like to say like I might, hi, I'm Amanda. And Holy Spirit, I would like to have you as a friend. Or perhaps you might say, hey, old friend, it's been a while and I would really like to reconnect. And if that's you and you would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, will you look at me? Will you make eye contact with me? And we can agree and it will be done. Yes, I see you. I see you in the back. I see you. Yes. Anyone else? To be filled with the Holy Spirit right now. Got that top off. Oh, amen. Thank you. Thank you for getting my attention. Anyone out? Yes. Oh, awesome, you guys. Ah, this is so amazing. Ah, I love Jesus. Thanks, you guys. I agree. I agree with you. I agree. I agree. It is done by my Father in heaven. For those of you who may need a specific direction for something, you want to be anointed for a specific mission, a dream in your heart, a direction. We have our prayer team that is going to be hanging out in the back. We have our pastors that are going to be around. I'll be around. Let us pray for you. Let us agree with you. If you need more prayer, please do not hesitate. Do not be embarrassed. You are in a place of love and kindness. Let us serve you. As we sing this other song, I'm going to pray, and then we can enter into worship. Holy Spirit, I want to say thank you for all of these new family members that are entering into a relationship with you. And I ask you to seal them. I ask you to anoint them. I ask you to give them confidence that they are children of God, that they are adopted into your family. And for those that would be filled with the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we pray that you will come down into their souls, that you will give them the ability and the places to pour out so that they can get that fresh fill that they need, that dynamic energy and wisdom and confidence and love and grace and that maybe that hug or that hand-holding in the middle of their grief that they need. I pray for that. I speak life over everyone that is hearing my voice. I thank you for your son, Heavenly Father. I thank you for the holy community. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.